When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Welcome to Awesome Etiquette, part of the Infinite Guest Network. I'm Lizzie Post. And I'm Dan Post-Sennon. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Dan and I are from the Emily Post Institute. We are a part of the Emily Post family, and we couldn't be more excited to have you join us for our first podcast. We have been doing the Dinner Party Download once a month for the past two years, and absolutely love the show and the hosts, Rico and Brendan, and could not be more excited to get to delve in and have longer sessions with you through our Awesome Etiquette podcast. And and I've got to jump in and second the sentiment that my cousin Lizzie just expressed. It, it really is a treat. We've talked at the Emily Post Institute for years about how much we would love to be involved with radio, how much we would love to have an opportunity to really expand the the dialogues that we have at Emily Post about etiquette every day and really invite a larger audience to participate and podcast being the evolution of radio and and to really develop this podcast in a way that that allows the audience to participate and oh, that's the part this. I want the most. I want the audience to participate. Like this is all based on the fact that we get questions from the public all the time. All the time. And everyone has a slightly different twist. I mean, we can do our best to put out our books and our advice online and in interviews. Seminars and, and talk about it till and... the end of the day. <laughs> but at the end of the day, there's always someone who has a little caveat, a little twist, a little something that makes their question, their situation different. And I or think unique, and it's the human element. <laughs> no, that's true too. And I think that the 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 thing that Dan and I find so gratifying about our jobs is that we actually get to help people. We get to give them the confidence and take something that is giving them angst or frustration or nerves. And relieve that. And I'm so glad that they believe us when we say this advice or that it does something for them. But it's it's one of the best feelings when when you get to answer a question. So to sit here and be able to go through and answer a whole bunch of them with you and have you all listen and participate. We're really excited. It, it's, it's a treat. <laughs> and as Lizzie's alluding, this will be a question and answer podcast. Our, our idea, our dream, our vision is to, to every week answer questions that get sent in. When possible, we're going to try to call back out and engage questioners. Yeah. So definitely if you're reaching out to us and you feel comfortable, include a phone number. We'd love to get back in touch with you and, and follow up, dive a little deeper if your question warrants it. Um, and also, if you have other ideas about the show, things that you'd like to hear us talk about, if you have questions about a traditional etiquette, maybe it's not a personal situation, or maybe it's about an emerging etiquette or a trend that you see coming in the future, we want to know about it, we want to hear about it, we want to be your home for all things etiquette. I mean, a lot of people ask us. In fact, one of, I had lunch with one of my really good friends, Marisa, today, and she straight up asked me, she goes, so how do you 
how do you, do you know do like what day? no she didn't give me that one that's another one so what do you do every day but no it was how do you know that that what you're giving is the right advice and it's such mm-hmm. a good question because i mean you can give the arrogant answer of well i'm I just know. Or because but I said so. Because I said so. But the truth is, is that Emily Post Etiquette has always been based on the three principles that we really believe that kind of um, will lead you to having the best relationships with the people around you. And basically those three principles are consideration, respect, and honesty. And if you're using those three ideas, those three concepts to guide your actions – you are, you know, frankly, it as Emily Post said, it's not going to matter which fork you use. <laughs> Chances are you're in safe territory. <laughs> exactly. Your, your behavior is probably exemplary yeah. if it's considerate, respectful, and honest. The more that you can be aware of the people around you. So when Dan and I get etiquette questions, we think about, okay, who is involved in this situation? How are they being affected? And what's the best outcome for everyone involved? And sometimes that means the person who's who's asking it might take the hit. There Other times it's someone else. There might be some give and take on all sides of the equation. Yeah. It's a great place to, to begin this podcast really talking about the framework that we operate from. And, right. and that is where we look for the solutions when there isn't an obvious answer or there isn't always a, a specific manner that's really going to guide what we're talking about. If there is a tradition, we like to reference it. We like to as talk about the possible. whys and hows and wheres these things can yeah. come from. But but um, but um, for us, the big picture is that etiquette's about human relationships and that relationships built on that framework, those foundational principles, really, um, we think they thrive. Yeah. <laughs> Emily Post always said that whenever two people come together and their actions affect one another, you have etiquette. And that's exactly what it's all about. doesn't matter if you're holding a door or if you're getting married. There's some form of etiquette going on between you. And you get to choose whether that's going to be something that you help make a positive situation or whether you choose to ignore it or make it worse. And it's all it's all up to us. So Well, and, and hopefully this is the start of a beautiful relationship. So thank you for coming. For joining thank you us. For your and attention. let's get to your questions. <laughs> and yeah, without further ado, um, let's let's dive in. Sure you're right. But there's so much to learn how to do. Sure there's a lot to learn, but it's worth it. And learning is easy. One way is by watching others. So our first question comes to us from one of our newsletter readers. Sandy wants to know, my stepson and his girlfriend are expecting. I just found out they had their baby shower and we weren't invited. After speaking with them, although hurt, I can see their reasoning but don't agree. We had planned on getting them some things for the shower. Should we just now wait till the baby is born and just do a gift for them then? Awesome etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. 
What was your first job? Who was your first crush? <laughs> StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. <laughs> After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. Story Worth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Huh. <laughs> that is kind of a bummer that you weren't weren't invited, but always I, a I don't mean to laugh. I just like I know that feeling of being like, oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Um, and I understand that that she might have some bitter feelings, but I like the fact that rather than asking us whether or not she should be angry about this, she's asking when is the best time to now give a gift. And I think mm -hmm. when the baby's born and you go to meet that little baby, I say I say bring it then. I don't think you have to send something now. In fact, it even could potentially look like you're trying to be like, well, I wasn't invited, but I'm sending it to you anyway. See how much I'm better than you? Yeah, and, and this is where I'm of two minds. Part of me thinks that that gift could be almost problematic. There's always the question at the shower of keeping track of who the gift came from and being able to thank appropriately. But if you're doing that well, it shouldn't be too much of a burden. I don't know. I don't think gifts are ever problematic. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We've got a mystery gift. Know it's it. here. No, I don't but know. You're going to know it. who it came from if they send it now. Yeah. So right? yeah. So probably I'm looking for, for for difficulty there where maybe none lies. <laughs> and and at the same time, you, you've got that 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 the other question that you've raised of does it then appear like you're trying to insert yourself into that situation? And right. having already had this discussion, maybe this is one of those times where it's best to step back, accept whatever that answer is that there's some disagreement about. Yeah. And exchange the gift when everyone can can really appreciate it and be together yeah i think I, I think sandy that's your answer is go for it once once you go and visit the baby um rather than trying to send it in between now and when the baby's born and um let's just add on the old classic and say that don't worry if the baby doesn't handwrite the thank you note that uh, gifts from <laughs> future grandchildren. We're going to have a one-year grace period from infancy so cute, to though? the first birthday. What was so cute is that I had a friend who just had a baby, and she um, she did the baby footprint as the um, thank you note, and she did. She she so it's like the baby had its stamp on it. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Adorable and a standard. Good luck, little babies everywhere. <laughs> Next question. 
This is actually a really a really tough one. I think it's one that a lot of women deal with, and um, it's it's one that maybe wasn't as talked about in years past. And I'm really glad that we live in a culture today where this is something that people can talk about. So the question is, a friend of mine just lost her baby at 38 weeks of pregnancy, um, which is incredibly sad. She had received many condolences, yet she doesn't know how to respond. Giving an it's okay is making her uncomfortable because it isn't okay. She feels completely opposite. How can she give a response without giving all the details? I think it's perfectly okay for you to respond how you wish. I mean, I would gauge it on who I'm talking to, but um, one of the things I actually love about my cousin Peter is that he he really does tell you how he's feeling at the time. If if you say, hey, how are things, and things aren't great, he'll say, they're not great, but tell me what's going on with you. And I think that if someone says to you, you know, I'm so sorry. I don't think you have to say it's okay, but I think instead what you want to do is acknowledge their condolence and say, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, You can leave it at that. If it's someone you're closer to, you can say, you know, um, if if you want to – if they're offering to talk about it, you can say, I'd love to, but now I just don't feel like getting into it. Um, you can you can deflect it to a different time. I think it's really important that you not just say it's okay because it isn't just okay and it's going to drive you nuts to keep saying that. So mm. feel free to say what you need to say. Either thank you for your you know thank you for your concern or, or thank you so much. It means a lot. Um, I don't really want to talk about it right now or whatever it is that you do want to talk about around it. If you feel that that's the right person to engage it with. Yeah. So here is a question that I have a personal issue with, and that is, what's the proper yawning conduct at work? Does a person simply cover their mouth or should he stifle the yawn, which doesn't fool anyone? And I appreciate that what our reader or listener is asking is not... Um, is it appropriate to yawn at work? Instead, they're asking, how should you handle it? Because I had a boss for a very short while who any time I yawned, and let's face it, yawning happens. Your body and your brain need oxygen, and yawning is the way that it goes about getting it. And the thing that I hated more than anything is that he would say, oh, am I boring you? And I was like, this has nothing to do with you. I am, you know, just tired. My brain and my body need a little bit more oxygen. I am trying to be polite about it. I would turn away. I would cover my mouth. I would excuse myself. And every single time, am I boring you? Can we not keep you awake? Do you need to go home? It was so, so condescending. I just wanted to strangle him. Well, patronizing bosses aside, <laughs> this is one of those questions where my cousin and I have slightly different perspectives. <laughs> in the, Go for it, bud. And <laughs> that I fall in this, the camp that thinks that, yes, yawning could be considered involuntary. And I, You're I, so sensitive. I heard, I heard the question. I heard the, the – and I've heard it before. The, I, I need to oxygenate. I've also heard, oh, it's like stretching. And I think to myself, well, yes, but you don't always bust out a big stretch when you're in the middle of something Very true. either. Very and true. I do think there's some middle ground between obnoxious patronizing boss and okay. I have no control over my bodily functions. 
And I hear that all the time. This is this is an involuntary action. At the it same is. time, we learn how to control our bodily functions. We learn how to control lots of them, and I think a yawn is one of them. I'm so gonna call you out on this the next time you yawn in front of me. I want you to. I am going to literally I say, "So, Dan, did you make a conscious choice to yawn?" I think it communicates <laughs> a lot, and the way that your boss okay. read. I'm boring this person mm-hmm. is something that you need to be really aware of, no, it particularly is in it professional is situations and contexts that that it does some whether you intend it to send the message or not. It is oftentimes received as you're, you're sending a very particular message. And while I would uh, I would not like the boss say something every time it's done. Yeah, I do notice when I'm talking and someone else yawns, and I read it as a sign that what I'm saying is no longer engaging the person. Don't you think that that is hypersensitive of you? You know what a yawn is. Like, do you really you really think that you need to be that engaging to a person that you can't forgive them for yawning in your presence? I forgive them for yawning. I don't hold it but against you, them, but I read it as a sign as to how engaged they are with what I'm. I can yes. be engaged with you and still need to freshen myself to that my body might say boy i need to to perk up here you know i fall on the other side of this one i think it i i and i'm one of those people that i would say be aware that there are people out there and, and whether that, it's that a professional really context yeah. or whether it's a personal context that i would notice it on a date yeah if i'm with someone and they're yawning i think that they're not engaged and 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 i don't take it as a slight i say to myself i have to not talk for so long. Okay. <laughs> I have to okay. Okay. do something different, say something different. I'm not saying it's their fault, their problem, but it sends a message. But I read it as something. You read it as something. When you're with somebody and engaged and participating, you're not yawning. Okay. There is a certain element of disengagement that, that a yawn communicates to me. I don't know. I would love, love if any readers have any – or listeners this have any – This would be another sci- great no, no, question. No. Let me, let me <laughs> finish. If anyone has any scientific evidence studied on yawning and, and the indications of what it means for being focused or what it means for the, the company that you're in when you yawn in front of someone. Now, to answer the question, does – so you, you it's going to happen. You're going to yawn. Excuse me. Do you simply cover your mouth or should you stifle the yawn, which doesn't fool anyone? I, I think stifling it is the best thing that you can possibly do. Cover your mouth if, if you need to. I don't think that you should just, especially at work, have a big gaping yawn that you open. I talk to you. I'm so tired. Um, but I do think, you know, that they happen from time to time. If you can keep your mouth shut and let the yawn pass, that will help. I have definitely done that. Um, you know, if if your mouth is going to open, you definitely want to cover it. But turn away. Excuse yourself if you feel it coming on. That's what I think. I think that's a good answer. That's how I'd handle it also. Something occurred to me as you're talking. The yawn catching phenomenon. It drives me nuts. So then are you going to blame everyone else because the yawn is now contagious and going around the room? But to me, that's evidence of that it's communication. To my old boss, yes, we're all bored and none of us want to be here. And the one other one I'm going to put it out on the table, when you're presenting and you're looking out at an audience and you start to see the yawns, to me, that's always the message. Get moving. Do something. Can you tell this is something I've got a little bit of something? You totally do. <laughs> it's like... Dan, anytime, anytime Dan and I are in his office and we're hanging out and chatting and I, uh, he yawns, he always says, um, it's the hour, not the company. Oh, that's right. And I'm that's just the sitting there going like, excuse. <laughs> yeah. it's 11 a.m. What do you mean it's the hour, not the company? <laughs>
So besides the question and answer portion of this show, Lizzie and I also want to spend a little time each week touching base with a traditional etiquette or a common etiquette problem that we hear a lot about at the Emily Post Institute. And one of the ideas for this segment would be to really investigate the origins or traditions around a particular etiquette that might seem arbitrary or to come from nowhere but but could very well have some logic behind it or – a reason that gets us there. So one of the classic etiquette questions that we get at the Emily Post Institute all the time has to do with pinkies in the air. It's one of those cliches. Oftentimes when I'm doing trainings, I do a word association game with the word etiquette to, to warm up the room to sort of see where people are starting from. <laughs> and the question of pinkies in the air comes up a remarkable percentage of the time. All the time. <laughs> so w- what is it about pinkies in the air? What is it about holding a teacup with the pinky flagged that seems to set people off and really raise questions in their mind? about proper form, proper conduct. Oh, well, it just looks snobbish, doesn't it? I mean, am I right or am I right? It looks snobbish. Like you look a little... Absolutely. That's the perception. The perception is that it comes from somebody who's putting on airs, who's yeah. using some some artificial etiquette that, that's outdated. And, you know, we used to think that this this had uh, no real historical origin or that it was that it, it was from, from, from some bygone era where, where it would be hard to ascertain exactly what was going on. Some people speculated that maybe it had to do with balance, <laughs> that, you, <laughs> that you hung your pinky out there to balance that very that fine, teacup's really heavy, teacup. isn't it? <laughs> Another guess that I heard at one point was that um, with small teacups, with really fine bone china, that there was only room on the, the handle of the cup see, for, for a thumb and a couple of fingers. Yeah. But still, then why would that other pinky be, be flagged up Sticking in the air out. instead of just down where it would usually down casually boy. fall? You know, this is a holdover etiquette. This is a... a so this a, comes from somewhere. It absolutely this does. This is real. It comes from the... Uh, uh, an etiquette that developed in the transition out of the Middle Ages when people were just starting to use utensils. And until then, people had eaten with their hands a lot of the time. If you weren't eating with the dagger that was by your side, you were <laughs> eating with your fingers. There was a ladle that came out of a communal or central pot, but there wasn't there wasn't individual silverware or flatware for everybody. That Hence was why a, stews and soups were not popular. Well, exactly. <laughs> no, Drink out of your bowl. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Um, it was one of the marks of having um, a staff that could help prepare your food, that it came cut up enough that you were able to eat it to without using it your big knife, that you could just pick up the food with your fingers. And it was bite-sized, and so was... you didn't have to try to tear it off with your teeth or something. Exactly. Okay. And if you could just delicately pick that food up with a couple of fingers and eat it, it was it was prepared. It showed that it had come to your table prepared already. Okay, but what about the pinkies? So you would take your, your pinky finger or your ring finger and hold them up in the air to keep them clean to keep them out of the food. And if you did use a utensil, they would keep those two fingers clean. So you would reserve different fingers for different uses at the table. Okay. So there were a, a combination of conventions that were coming into play. One was saving fingers, keeping them clean to use with utensils. The other was that you didn't need your whole hand to tear the food apart, but that you could actually pick the food up and just eat the bite-sized pieces with one or two fingers instead of really needing to tackle it with a knife and a whole hand or, or to use all your fingers to separate your food. So the, at the idea table. is to not get all of your fingers dirty, just a couple of them dirty. Exactly. So that was I'm the not old sure I get the part, though, tradition. About if you're keeping these clean, so your ring finger and your pinky finger are your utensil fingers? Yes. Because I'm trying to picture holding my utensils with my pinky and my ring and my thumb. Well, maybe think of picking up a cup. 
or a glass. Oh, so okay. So you've got so your you, dirty okay, fingers, okay, and then okay. you've got so some clean ones. So maybe these are my ones. glass fingers. Okay. There you go. And and also, don't forget, it was also about just you only needed a couple fingers to separate or or divide up your food or As ca- bring it to, to like your mouth. As opposed to using your whole fist to rip something Think about apart. tearing apart a loaf okay. of bread. So that or... would have been like the equivalent of nowadays where we say don't don't grip your fork as if you've just stabbed something. It, it was kind fist. of like the crude way exactly. to do it. Okay, so so or just using a turkey them. bone or you're chewing the okay. meat off the bone. So it looked more delicate, more refined if you were just using a couple fingers to hold the food. Exactly. But I mean this is this is a lot of work to eat. And yeah. this convention did not last long. It's taking a lot of work to think In about. In fact, it. It, it, as soon as silverware and flatware <laughs> became more common, <laughs> people stopped doing this. So if you held on to this convention, it became a sign of your snobbery. It became a sign of your attachment to an old and outdated oh, system. Oh, it's kind of like when you come across people nowadays that like want to leave a calling card at your house and you're like, "Really, man? Nobody does that anymore." Although, I know yes, those okay, the, the that example those have come back. back. <laughs> to, to, yeah, sure. But but this is something that it was it became so outdated that if you did it it was like you were trying to be pompous or or give a nod back to how well you knew a former era of dining that Absolutely sort of thing. and it shows how quickly times and conventions change and how important it is to be willing to change with them as well as to identify what's really important about etiquette It also shows how much we don't like snobbery Absolutely. It's a fascinating, <laughs> fascinating question. It comes up all the time. We absolutely love it. So that's... I know. It is that question where as soon as people find out you're an etiquette expert, which, by the way, is not the easiest thing to say to someone. Hi, what do you do? Hi, I'm an etiquette expert. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things that the very first thing people will do is they'll hold up your pinky and go, oh, you mean like this? And you're like, yeah, no. <laughs> and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, before we close out our extended thoughts on the pinky that there is a fantastic caricature of Emily Post oh, that appeared in favorite. Vanity Fair. And it really is remarkable. Um, and it depicts her doing many of the faux pas that that uh, she would her theoretically advise the people not to do. So and... give yourself a, a treat. <laughs> Google search Emily Post, Vanity Fair caricature and take a look. And one of the things that's depicted in that particular image is Emily with her pinky in the eye. <laughs> Dan and I want to end each show with a segment we call Awesome Etiquette Salute. And we both are such huge supporters of the idea of bringing positivity back to etiquette because it is so easy, especially when you're listening to people's problems, to constantly hear the negative side of it where it's the he said and the she said and I want to tell you you're wrong. And what we would love is if you, our wonderful listeners, would Send us your etiquette salutes, moments that you had with someone where you were so grateful that they used good etiquette or that you saw a company or a person or a friend or loved one, you know, do something wonderful, even if it wasn't to you. The shining star the shining in your example. world. And it yeah. might be a friend, a family member. It might be a coworker, a boss, a, a celebrity or a sports figure. Whoever it, <laughs> it is. It could really be just about anything, anything that inspires you. Whoever it is, nominate them for an awesome etiquette salute. This is a really simple awesome etiquette salute, but I love that someone chose to do this. It's kind of the good Samaritan, even though it's it's what the person should have done anyway. It was just one of those moments where you walked outside, you saw this on the car, and you were just like, man, 
way to get that right. Um, but I was I was walking outside of my favorite bakery, and there was a note on the car next to mine when I when I came out to my car after grabbing my coffee, and it said, "Dear sir, we are really sorry, but as we were pulling out of our parking spot, we scraped the back right side of your car with ours. My number is." blank um would if you would like to get a hold of us to exchange insurance information sincerely and i'm gonna say his name because we're giving him the salute hans bilger and i just think hans way to be that person who took responsibility even though there wasn't the other person to talk to about it it's that kind of proactive awareness that i think makes a big difference in people's lives and it's the kind of thing that when it happens to you you go oh wow like thank you Thank you, because you could have done the opposite, and you made a choice, and I think you made the right choice. So, Hans Bilger, you get our awesome etiquette salute of the week. Well, now, wasn't that better? Look at the effect of a little politeness. We want to thank you so much for joining us for our first show. This has been a dream come true, and we truly hope that you come back, because... The more people that listen, the more we get to do what we love best, which is help make this world a nicer place. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Facebook at the Emily Post Institute. And on Twitter, we each have our own handles. I'm at Lizzie A. Post. And I'm at Daniel underscore Post. And mine's totally better, so follow me. We're very simple, easy to find, emilypost.com. And please, 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 the bulk of this show is about answering your etiquette questions. So send your questions to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. We cannot wait to hear from you. Thanks again. This is Awesome Etiquette, part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. The Infinite Guest Network has all kinds of podcasts for you to listen to, including The Splendid Table, Dinner Party Download, and Wits. Find them all at infiniteguest.org.